Heavenly Father, we just welcome you here today, Lord God. We just thank you for yet another day of your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercies over our lives, Father. And we just remember who you are, Father. You are uh, the God that saves, the God that heals. You are good. You are our provider, our healer. You are our all in all, Father, and you is our hope. So we just bless you today. I just ask that you would speak to us through your word. Let it come alive uh, in our hearts and in our souls today. Amen. 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 So this morning, um, I, Rosie and I were up super early, and um, we were like old people last night. We went to bed by nine. We were so exhausted. We were like, <sighs> but then because of that, we were up at like five or something. Four? You were up earlier than me then. And, um, huh? Four. She was, she was, so she woke up earlier than me. I was up just before five. I thought you were already, I don't know, maybe. So anyway, so we were sitting and we were just doing our reading in, in the bed and we were starting to discuss about the names of God, you know. I was like, well, God doesn't really have a name. He just has characteristics. And Rosie very rightly said, well, he does have names, but he has many names. He's known as Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Jehovah Nissi, our banner. You know, uh, what are the other names that you're throwing at me? You had a whole bunch. Well, you were breaking down the three names, of, like the three persons of the Persons Trinity. of God, yeah. You know, we were looking at the names of Jesus, the names of the Holy Spirit specifically, we were mm. looking at, weren't we? Yeah, and he's our comforter. So all of these things, and I, I just suddenly, so I was thinking for this morning, I thought, you know, with all these prayer requests that we put up before the Lord, we're praying for our dear brothers and sister and James and Leanne, and we're believing and we're seeing the Lord show his faithfulness globally. Um, and I thought, well, what does that mean to us? How do we get to know Jehovah Jireh, God the provider? How, how do we, you know, he is Jehovah. He just said, I am. But then when he says Jehovah Jireh, like God, the provider, he adds a characteristic. So he is Jehovah. He is still the great I am. But he adds an element of who he is, it's his character to be a provider, right? So why does God say that? Why does he even allow that to be labeled on himself? Because he wants to reveal to us an aspect of his character. So this morning, I thought, let's look at the story, which we all know, of, this, of Abraham and Isaac, and how he was asked by God to sacrifice the most precious and gift that was given to him by God, his own son. I don't know if you know this story, but we'll, we'll kind of jump through these scriptures just to give you a background and to understand the bigger picture. Now, I, I don't think any of us have ever literally done this, what Abraham did. But it's a picture of, of who God is, actually. This, is, this story is more, it's not so much about, um, although it is, Abraham's faith and obedience to the Lord to the point of, I can't believe how he was so, like, chilled with what God had asked him to do. There, there was a no way out circumstance. Can you imagine? Hey, your promised seed that's in your hand, I want you to sacrifice it and give it up. And, the, and you can't see any way around it. Can you imagine a moment in your life like that? I think all of us probably can and potentially are in moments like that today. But this story actually, I believe, reveals more of God's attribute, his character, through this moment, because he knew that his servant Abraham would live obedient. So let's, let's jump to Genesis chapter 22, and I, and I want to just break down what happened here. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis 22, 
Um, let's just go through it. Verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Stop. Pause. <laughs> what? I've just been given a gift, something that I've desired all my life. I want to hold on to it. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where you're saying, truly, surely it can't be that God is asking me to do this, right? What I have is too good, and I believe it came from God anyway. See, God is testing us to see if we would live in complete submission and obedience to Him to show whether we trust Him truly and understand who He is as our provider. Because if God is our provider, then we are not. But if we are the provider, then God is not. You can't have two providers, right? You can't have two lords. And so, let's read on. So, and this is what I find fascinating. So he's just been giving this directive from God. And verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkeys and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. Did he delay? No, he's specific there. He said he rose early in the morning. No delay. Delayed obedience, we've talked about it, is disobedience. Even though, did he, did he know the answer? I'm sure, as a father, he didn't want to sacrifice his son, right? He didn't want to let that go. It's a crazy picture and a story. But actually, if you look at it in your own life, when God asks of you to do something, do you wait and weigh it up and say, is it okay? Is it good enough? Maybe I have a better plan to provide for myself. If God says give, maybe I'll just hang. I'll just chill for a little bit and see how the wind blows. Abraham didn't pause early the next morning. He saddled, he prepared, and he went. And he took his most precious possession with him, i.e. his son. And so... And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. So he prepared everything that he needed. He put his house in order to make sure he lived in obedience to God. And so verse 5, Then Abraham said to his young men, because they got to that place in the mountain of the base, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. What? I and the boy. So God told him, you sacrifice your son. Abraham's eyes were not on the moment, on the need, or on the dire circumstance. He said to the guy next to him, we're going to go and worship the Lord. So how did he see his offering? He saw his offering as worship unto the Lord. And he knew that he would not come back with lack. He said, I and the boy will come back to you. Isn't that amazing? Did God already show him a way out? Absolutely not. All he had was the directive, go, and offer that which is precious in your life to me. And he obeyed, but he still spoke in faith. How can you do that? Because he wasn't looking at his need or his circumstance. He kept his eyes on who God is and was. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, verse, verse 6, and laid it on Isaac his son. So he prepared everything 
and put it on the very precious boy that he loved. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. Wow, that just blows my mind. Just think about it. Not only did he obey, but he was thorough to the very detail. When God asks you to do something, do you do it just gamailang, just surface deep? Or do you put everything in order? If God says, walk in the light because I'm in the light, and you partially walk in the light, but there are still things that are not quite in order, and you think, well, I've partially obeyed, so maybe it's okay. I won't take the wood for the fire of the offering, and I won't take the knife for the shedding of the blood, for the cutting. But I'll go to the mountain. I'll sit in the presence of a circle of godly people, maybe. But you could just be in delayed obedience or still living in disobedience. And this verse just blows my mind. Because then he looks at the very most precious thing in his life, and, he, and Isaac speaks to him, and, he, and Isaac said to his father in verse 7, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, right? Like, here's the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? <gasps> Can you imagine that moment of a father? I was thinking about it. I was like, man, like I, I might, I probably wouldn't be as good as Abraham. I pray that if I'm ever put in that test, that I, w I would have the faith like Abraham. But it's like, uh, so you're asked something so heavy in your life. What are we going to do about this? And then your answer and your first thing in your mind is, I don't know, I got, there's no way out. You may be suffering with depression or, or thoughts of fear even this morning. And you think, and, 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 and that thing, your, your precious life that God has given you, and you've got these terrible thoughts of, I can't get out of this. There's no way out. I'm stuck. But look at how Abraham answered, and this is what I want to encourage us. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. God will provide for Himself. God is providing for us to show Himself faithful in our lives. Abraham's mindset was still not on the, the most precious thing in his life. His eye was on God, the provider. Isn't that powerful? So his confidence right from the beginning was in, in God, even in the midst of the worst circumstance. So it carries on. So they both went up to the mountaintop, right? And Abraham, basically, he starts to set up and he prepares and, 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 and he gets his son ready on the, on the altar for sacrifice. I can't even imagine what that feels like. Would you not think, is there no way out of this? I am really in a dark place. I cannot see a way out. You would think that, hey, God, is it, have I not obeyed enough? I've come to the point of sacrifice here. Do you still want me to tie it up, prepare the wood, get everything ready in my life? Come on, man, isn't it enough? Provide for me already. Verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes. Hold up, hold up. Let's go to verse 10. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. So in the midst of letting it all go and just obeying God to the very final end, 
Can you imagine? His hand is up. He was willing to lose everything that he could be counted as precious in his earthly life in obedience to his Father in heaven because he had an understanding and a relationship with God that gave him the confidence and the faith to go to the very final second. Because he knew that his safety was only in God, not in earth. Right? So, he, so as his hand, just picture it, is up in the air. And he said, here I am. Verse 12, he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. In that last moment, something happened. So don't give up just because the going gets tough. As it gets tougher, expect God to do something even greater. But be willing to take your eyes off the circumstance. Practice putting your eyes on God. Understand who He is. Because this is the revelation that Abraham then spoke out. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram. He was already there. I want you to understand this. So understand the picture, the timing of this. Behind him, there was a ram. It was already waiting. The provision for what you need today is waiting in God. But are you willing to go in obedience to the nth degree, to the final second, the final hour? And there's a reason for this. It was caught up in a thicket by the thorns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, and this is the main point of today, the Lord will provide. Abraham already knew this. And then he declared it after he saw testimony of God's provision. The Lord will provide in advance. Even if in your circumstance you think he has not yet. What did Abraham do? Until that moment, he lived in absolute obedience and trust and faith in who God is. So not just Jehovah, but Jehovah Jireh. God the provider, right? He, God said, I am your provider. So the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Verse 15, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens and the sand that is on the seashore. Wow. So what is the picture here that God is revealing to us? That word, provide. I was, I was looking that up in, in the Latin translation. Let me read that to you. It, it, it's derived of two words, but I can't remember the actual Latin. I screenshot it. Um, the word provided, uh, its original Latin background is this, providere. I don't know if that's Latin, but it sounds cool. So the original root of the word provide is providere. Say it, providere. Right? You know what that means? It's so cool. This is who God is. Look ahead to prepare, 
to look ahead, to prepare, to supply, to act with foresight. Wow, proactive, like before the need comes, God is looking ahead, right? So the first word is pro. That's that proactive, to look ahead, to see with foresight. And then the second part of that word, vide or videre, I'm sorry for any Latin scholars online, I'm probably not saying it right, but, pro, but videre is to see. Isn't that amazing? So God provides in advance because He sees. Abraham couldn't see, but he trusted in the God that sees. Do you understand how powerful that is so in whatever circumstance you find yourself in, be it physical, mental, or spiritual today? God, Jehovah Jireh, is our provider. Pro, He provides in advance. He's proactive. He's preparing the ram of sacrifice. He is ready in advance before you know it. And then He sees. He sees in advance. So can you trust when you cannot see the provision that God is Jehovah Jireh? Isn't that amazing? He will not deny Himself. If He calls Himself Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides and sees, He can't deny His own self. So surely He will come through and rescue you. God knows and sees all we need before we ever do. So in whatever circumstance you're believing God for, we need only to trust Him. But how do you get to know God, the provider, Jehovah Jireh? It takes a life of generosity and sacrificial giving. Now, Abraham knew who God was, and then he testified who God was after the ram was provided. In advance, bearing in mind, can you imagine if that ram was provided on the way up the mountain? He might not have walked in such faith. And his story wouldn't have been about God. It would have been, I found a ram, and I fixed the problem myself. Oh, in our Christian walk, we want the ram in advance because it makes life a little easier, right? But God says, I am jealous to make my name famous through your life. It's, then you can't say, oh, by coincidence, God provided. Maybe it was coincidence. No. He obeyed him to the point where he had the knife in his hand and he's willing to let it all go. So to, in order to Know the God, God the provider. We need to give sacrificially and live generously first to know God as Jehovah Jireh. Is your life in a place where you are living generously and sacrificially, giving of your first fruits to God? Can you, can you, can you answer that question in your own life? Maybe not as easily, right? I'm reminded, we all know this scripture um, in, uh, I believe it's in Malachi. Uh, Where did it go? Malachi 3.10, I think. Let's check it out. It's the only time in scripture where God says, test me in this. 
God tested Abraham's faith. He tested his heart. Do you know me? And in order for him to reveal himself fully, Abraham obeyed to the point of death of the most precious thing in his life. Are we that place? Look at Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. We all know the scripture, right? And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down... Um, uh, for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Doesn't that sound similar to what the angel said to Abraham? We read that again. Verse 16 of Genesis 22. For by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and, I have, not, and have not withheld your son, i.e., you put it to the test, my, my, my ability to provide. You trusted me. Your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens and as the sand that is on the seashore. So today, if you want to know God, the provider, the one that advance, that knows and provides in advance, who's proactive, who sees in advance, vid, provide, vid is like video. That's where the word video comes from. Right? It's not doesn't sound as cool as the Latin way, way, but you know, in our basic English, proactive, pro vid video, God proactively sees and will provide for you your every need. But to experience God, we need to live generously and give of our best and our first to God. And especially when He asks that of us, do we obey? So to know God as, as God the provider then live generously to God first. Give sacrificially. Obey completely and with detail. And then you will know the God who provides. And be able to put it on your home and in your family, like Abraham did when the ram was seen and when he sacrificed, that the Lord shall provide. Amen?